0: Welcome back to On The Spot. Today is me, Devin, and all the rest of our friends, apparently. The ones that are listening. That's right. The two. You guys. The two. Welcome. We're glad you're here. (laughs) Listen, I I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know what's happening, but Kelly, Christy, Tom, I couldn't get Thomas in here, couldn't get Brett in here, talked to a couple other people, and it's something about work, or responsibilities or appointments blah 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 (laughs) blah blah but we're glad you're here with us and you know one thing Devin that I am fairly confident in and I think that anybody else who knows us is fairly confident we've got a few words we're not gonna have any trouble talking I don't think we have a reputation of being (laughs) um troubled to find words to speak
1: No, no, not at all. We probably could just by ourselves, just carrying a conversation.
0: (laughs) I think that's safe to say, safe to say. But we are glad that you're here with us today. Uh, We we hope that this is going to be a blessing to you. Hope that these episodes that we've already released, uh, just as we said and we talk about what's on our heart, what we feel like the Lord is is laying um, you know, on our hearts each and every week. We hope that's been a blessing to you. I know it has been to us just to be able to uh, sit and talk about the goodness of God and what he's doing and where we feel like he's leading us. And um, and today's no different. I, I feel like um, that there's something that will be beneficial for us to discuss mm. today. And that word is cost, mm. C-O-S-T, cost. Cost, cost, not Costco, but Costco. not Costco. Okay. Speaking of costs, I mean, you go to Costco, <laughs> you're going to incur some costs. But Second Samuel 24-24, um, David is trying to buy a piece of land, basically, hmm. to use as a burial, to do something to the Lord, you know, for the Lord. With the gentleman that he's buying the land off of is trying to be a faithful steward and servant to the king and he's like you can have it david's like no how much do you want for it Hmm. and he's really trying to bless the king really trying to bless david his lord here and david makes the statement in uh, verse 24 as the book of second samuel is winding down and he says that i will not do anything for the lord that does not cost me something. Hmm. And when I was reading that, that really stood out to me of just David's conviction in that moment of his understanding. I I think, and and this is not where we're going today, so I'm not going to get too far down this rabbit trail, but I think David and his relationship with God and the way that he approached the Lord was probably the most New Testament grace-filled glimpse in the Old Testament that we see of how we are able to relate to the Lord now. the The way that Jesus ushered in an era of grace and mercy in the New Covenant that the Old Covenant wasn't necessarily known for. Right. I think that we see so many facets of David's life and the things that he did, where we see glimpses. This new, te- you know, the 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 tabernacle of david mm-hmm. you know the 20 the little tent he had set up on the hill uh, where they had 24/7 worship for 40 some years that the presence of god dwelled there yes i mean that that wasn't old testament stuff that's new testament covenant type look of being able to have access to the presence of god yes 24/7 but this understanding that david had of What God does for me is not free. It it costs him something. And we see that in the life of Jesus. The price that he paid for us, that cost, what it cost him uh, for us to live in this new grace, mercy-filled covenant. But David had an understanding that, like, listen, if it's going to be given to the Lord, if I'm doing this for God, it needs to cost me something. Mm. And that caused me to pause a little bit and think how many of the things that I do for the Lord actually cost me something, right? Does it really cost me something? And I'd like for you and I to talk a little bit about this living as a new covenant believer to where the price has been paid. Hmm. Uh, that the grace, you know, the salvific grace that we experience is a free gift but it should cost us everything. Hmm. What are are some of your thoughts on that? Well, um, you know, I'm going to come back to
1: very close and akin to the subject we've already discussed is sacrifice. Hmm. So I love this. You know, the other night I was at uh, Celebrate Recovery and I asked the guys that were in my small group and I said, you know, what does forgiveness cost us Hmm. you know because there is a price that you must pay as the forgiver right you know and it's such an interesting thing some people don't aren't willing to pay that cost you know we must let go sometimes it could be money pride um, sometimes you know anger has to be let go. These are cost all that we the above. Yes, yeah. all the above yeah. that can be in there. And you know, I, I think about that, and I love David's terminology right there. He says, "I'm not going to sacrifice to God anything that doesn't cost me something." And I love that because he's not freeloading. Mm-hmm. He's not going to freebie. He's like, man, I am going to pay for this because I, I want this to be meaningful. And I think that's the the thing is when you're giving to God something that's easy, it, it comes back to this whole thing. That's why they gave the first fruits mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. and why Jesus was so mad, you know, when they, he came into the temple and he's like, man, you guys, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And when you come to God with your sacrifice, you don't bring the lame, the sick, the, you know, one that has a short leg, the one that would be cool to give God because yeah, it's it's not the best. And when we do that, man, we are just the book of Malachi says, we are robbing god would you he even says would you give this to your king right. no then why are you going to give it to me and i think that's what sometimes we think oh man god's cool you just give him this little thing over here He'll be satisfied that no god is not satisfied that's why when jesus said man if anyone comes to me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me and you said just gave him that allusion to that is that man it's going to cost you Everything that you are and everything that you have, I'm not saying you're going to have to all of a sudden dump your bank account, but, y- you know, the willingness to sacrifice everything to God to be willing. Hey, everything I have is yours. You gave it all to me and I'm just giving back, giving it back to you.
0: I mean, we see that from the very beginning, right? I mean, Cain and Abel, you know, Abel, they, they both are commanded to bring an offering yes. of the works of their hands. That's right. Uh, Abel brings the first, the best that top of the crop type thing and Cain really brought what was left over. Yes. You know, they could have brought the exact same amount proportionally. Right. But it was God accepted one offering, rejected the other offering because of how it was given. What the the motivation out of, you know, the heart that it was given is like one was like I'm recognizing that God is my sustenance, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, that God is the reason that I have even have anything to give. So he gets the best of it. Yes. And the other was a, a little bit more reserved than that.
1: He just brought some of the produce. Of his... Yeah.
0: Just like here. Here's here's some here's produce. It. Here's what I've got.
1: Yeah. It's maybe a little scarred up, but don't worry about it. God. Yeah.
0: and And we we may not, as I look at my life and do inventory of my life, I, mm-hmm. you know, I may not fall into that category in everything, but there's are some areas to where I have to really challenge myself and ask: Am I really giving God the best of what I have, mm. the first of what I have? Mm. Is, is He in the pecking order that is the importance of my life? Yes. Where does God rank on that? Because I've I, yeah, one of the things that we'll discuss moving forward here, I'm sure, uh, that we already have alluded to in several different um, ways is this concept of Jesus just kind of being a seasoning or a supplement to our life. Right. You know, we got everything going on in our life that we want that's going on, and then I'm going to sprinkle in Jesus on top of it that way that... Let's just be honest. That way, I can feel better about myself. That, well, yeah, I am doing this, but we're we're doing this for Jesus while we're doing it, soothing my conscience. Right, right. Um, and and I'm seeing that. I don't know if it's more now than what it's ever been, or if I'm just more aware of it now no. than what I have been in the past but and and I saw a a brother who posted uh, something on social media a couple weeks ago he said I believe that the most offensive uh, message to the American church about Jesus is that he's actually your Lord not your life coach.
1: That's right. He's not. I love that. He's not, you know, t- today's day and age when we want a life coach, we want a spiritual advisor. And there's nothing wrong with those things. Let me say, mm-hmm. first of all, you know, there's nothing wrong with having somebody that's a mentor, a sponsor, those kind of things. Right. Those are wonderful things. But that's not Jesus. You know, he, he's not your life coach. He He's the Lord. Uh, and I, and I, the scary thing is that when people just decide to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus into their lives, my fear is that when they stand before the creator of the universe, they may hear the most fearful words of all eternity. There's no more fearful word. Doesn't matter if you get cancer, if you're dying tomorrow, there is no more fearful words than to hear the savior say, depart from me. I never knew you. Uh, And they were like, we ate in your presence. We drank over there. We did all these things. We sprinkled you on top of our lives. And uh, what are you talking about? And then he goes, man, he's going to point the other direction. That's the scariest words you can ever hear. No, there is no, because there's no, there's no hope then. Yeah. That's it. You're done. Done dot. I mean it's just like not like you, I'm sorry, you know, like my daughter does when she's getting in trouble. It's like, I'm sorry, Daddy, I won't do it again. You know, there's no there is no um respawn button. There's no, hey, you get to come back again and try it again until you get it right. Those things are false. The Bible says it's appointed for a man to die once and then the judgment. If your Christianity cost you nothing, it may not be true Christianity at all.
0: Yeah, true statement. Not I, th- I think that you could probably take the word "maybe" out of that statement. Yes, I mean because if it's going to, and again, Jesus, follow me. Lay down what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, his followers cast down your nets. Get out of the boat. Step away from the tax booth. Yes, you know, get away from you know all of these things and come and follow me. Period. Right. Let the, let the dead bury the dead.
1: Even when, yeah, and that there's so that's a great line because you know, I'll follow you, but I got to go first and do this. You know, I got some attachments and, still. And
0: guilty, I mean, one hundred percent guilty as I, for me, as i as we're sitting here talking about this.
1: Or the guy that comes and said, "What good things should I do to inherit eternal life?" The rich young ruler, and Jesus says, "Hey man, here's the rules. Oh, I've done those." and then he steps into the place where he says really you haven't had the cost yet because you think you've done all these things on the external you really need to understand your covetous heart go and sell everything that you have and then come and follow me and the bible says he went away sad Yeah. And you know what, the, that's the worst way to go away from Jesus sad because you know what, you'll be sad for all eternity and mad at yourself because you did not choose to, to count the cost. I mean, that, even Jesus said that, count the cost, you know, and I, yeah. that's right there, man. He, he's not playing any games. He's all count the cost because you don't want to be like that guy that started to build and you know he sat down to build a house and then discovered after he'd laid the foundation and started building he didn't have enough to finish it or like the king he said that went to war he had 10,000 and went to war with 20,000 and then all of a sudden he's like wait a second I really didn't mean those words I said to you let me uh I take it all back now and the guy's like no it's over for you I am going to smash you to smithereens that's not in the bible right there but I can imagine he's like oh I'm uh, let's have peace now and the guy's like it's too late man you already sued for war I'm going to destroy you and he doesn't have enough his cost did not make it and that's why Jesus wants you to make sure hey are you willing
0: are you willing yeah it's again. He doesn't. He doesn't ask us. It's not like what he's asking is veiled, mm. right? No. Like it's not hidden. It seems like to some, this concept is revolutionary, is kind of unheard of. It's like, oh, I didn't didn't know we were signing up for this, right? Well, if you didn't know, then then. A, possibility of a couple of things have gone wrong there. You, you weren't really paying attention. You weren't really reading the way that you should read or the, the sources that you were hearing this gospel from yes. weren't giving you the whole counsel of God. Um, I mean, we, we see in Matthew chapter 10 um, whoever loves his father or mother more than me hmm. is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, he will find it.
1: That's a scary thing for a lot of people because they're scared to lose their identity. I mean, it is one of our chief fears. We build everything up in identity, and and here's here's sometimes the the problem that I think we all face. We don't like to look at things, and and here's you know, to we don't like to look at things and say, "Oh man," because sometimes it looks a little bleak. I'm gonna give up my who I am. What am I gonna receive from this? Like Peter said, "Well, Lord, what do we get?" You know, yeah. and Jesus said, "Hey man, you got, I got you covered." Yeah. You're gonna get way more now and then. And that's what it is, man. You know, it's the very identity is the person that, man, has everything, goes in, finds the pearl of great price, and sells everything you have. Can you have that one great thing right there? And that's the best. Yeah. Here we'll put so much time and effort into everything else in our life. We will count the cost we will think about what we could do just to buy something just let's talk about buying a car you know can i do this can i make the payment can i make the monthly payments i can't afford it all at once but you know let me think about this i could oh we can cut this we can get rid of this and i'm going to be able to buy this car this is my dream car and we got it but you know then also when it comes to christ it's like ah oh, man let me have a sprinkle a bit on here yeah i don't know there's no
0: cost Just go to church once a week that's my cost yeah i'm, I'm here right i'm just yeah. church i'm paying my mortgage yeah, exactly. Paying my monthly payment here. <laughs> yeah, And that's, you know, I, I love, you know, You brought up the example of Peter. Peter's one of my favorite biblical characters, oh, yeah. man, just because I I think that he resonates with so many of us, so many different levels. I love the fact that Peter's looking and going, okay, so what about us? Yes. What about me? What do, what's in it for me, man? <laughs> <laughs> but yet he's also the one that as the multitudes go away like, Running away from Jesus whenever Jesus says, you know, makes the starts making the difficult statements, mm. uh, you know, things that are offending them. Um, the multitudes leave, and then you got just this little group of believers sitting back, and Peter being one of them. And Jesus is like, You all not going to leave also? Mm. <laughs> and Peter's like, These things that you say are difficult to understand. Yes. But when you speak, there's something that comes alive. Mm. Your words bring life. Yes. So I, I love the contrast there that we see with Peter because it's in that one moment, what's in it for me? And in the next, he's also going, okay, so that doesn't sound fun at all. No. I don't like any of that. But when you said it, there was something that came alive in me. And where else would I go?
1: You have the words of eternal life. Yeah. To whom should we go? Yeah. I mean, that is, hey, the, hey, I, I've actually, you know, any, any Christian that says they've never thought about another road, another path, another, man, I've thought about them. Oh. I'm like, man, you know, hey, oh, yeah. if there was some other way, if all roads led to heaven, I would be happy yeah. because you go down anything wouldn't that be this the coolest, right? Who cares? All roads lead to heaven. Um, that's not the truth though. Yeah. You know, it's like having a counterfeit hundred dollar bill and trying to walk into the bank and spend it. You are in trouble mm-hmm. and you get up to go with your little counterfeit, you know, religion up to, and that's what you paid for the cost of your life that you've spent all in this false religion, this false stuff, man, all of a sudden you're coming up and you're trying to get in there with your counterfeit hundred dollar bill. God's be like, that's counterfeit. See you later.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, And you knew it. You knew it.
0: What, uh, what, what do you feel like are some of the areas of our lives where we really struggle with this cost concept? What are, what are some of the things that uh, we've seen other people struggle, struggle with, and what do we see ourselves struggling with? The areas of life, like, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about one or two of them already. I think um, family hmm. is a big one. Um, we make idols of our families, our kids in particular. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that's just a, a statement of someone who um, has struggled with that in the past, mm. struggles with the temptation, and still to this day would be one of those things that, um, you know, there's a reason that Jesus uses the, the phrasing in Matthew 10, that unless you love me more than your sons or daughters, mm. because, I, you know, he created us, he understands the ties that we have with our, with our families. But I think families is is one of the big ones that we try to make them our pursuit and sprinkle Jesus in, not really costing us that much. What are some other areas, do you think?
1: Well, I like that you said that. Pick and choose obedience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick what I want to obey in the Bible and then just ignore the rest. <laughs> you know, this, that is us as, you know, because that's that's a child mentality. Yeah. I'm only going to do what I like to do, and I'm going to ignore the other stuff that I don't like or just kind of explain it away. And especially when it comes to stuff that we're attached to, that maybe Holy Spirit is convicting our hearts of, and we're saying, No, I've been there. I've done that for years. And you know, I'm like, Ah, God will, you know, and, and that is God's calling us because He wants to surrender everything to Him, not just little. I'm not saying you're not saved if you don't, you know, those things, because. You know, I know the traps of the enemy, the, the, you know, the enemy traps us up and gets us wrapped up in the things of this world. And, and then all of a sudden we're comfortable. Here's another word. We're so comfortable with our things. And rather than reaching out, like you said last week, you know, one statement, when's the last time you cried for somebody that was unsaved? Yeah. When's the last time you spent five minutes praying for an unbeliever? When's the last time? Cause you know what? That's the truth of it is that we're often like, um, we don't like to be uncomfortable and praying, you know. Hey, I'll give God maybe a minute or so of my day, you know, and wow, uh, okay. And I know what that's like too. I mean, I've been there, you know, like, oh God, I'm really not struggling. I don't have time for you today. Let me just rest in my day and do everything else without centering my focus on God. And I think being comfortable as Christians, especially in America's church, you know, we just, as long as it makes me comfortable and I feel entertained, But once you start talking about cost, I don't want to serve. I'm not praying. And, you know, that's just God doesn't need that part of me. He already knows everything I'm going to say anyways. And that's not the truth. You know, those are steps of obedience that God has called us to. He wants us to release those things that Satan has bound our hearts to uh, or that are, you know, just idols in our lives and say, hey, you know what? I want to be the one, the only thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that there's, you know, that word comfort. Is such a such a big hindrance and something that uh, really wraps us up um, in putting things ahead of God. Um, You know, we we could we can like drill down incredibly deep, but one of the one of our sisters here at the church, um, you know, made some observations not too long ago when she was talking about the importance of theology, the importance of studying and knowing and and. But then there was a moment in her life that the question was asked, does this thing, does this situation, does this person, does whatever, does it push you closer to Christ? Right. Or does it cause you to be more distant from him? Right. And, you know, she made the observation. She said, that's really kind of changed the way that I'm trying to look at a lot of things. It was like, is this actually... Pushing my relationship with him closer. And if it's not, then I have to view it as it can't be beneficial for me. Right. From an eternal standpoint, uh, if it's not pushing me towards God, um, if it's pulling you away from your relationship with him, then you need to do some inventory on that because it's not costing you anything. right? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's costing you. Just not in this very moment.
1: It is. God has such, you know, and I love what he told Peter when he asked that question. What do we get? oh, man, you got so much more coming. Mm -hmm. Because the true blessing is when we really grab onto Jesus with both hands, not one hand in the world, because that's what I'd like to do. Honestly, it's comfortable with me because I'm afraid. I I live in fear sometimes, you know. And then I'll be, like, holding on to what is comfortable over here while it's trying to hold on to Jesus, and I'm being torn in two, and there's no peace, there's no joy. You know, I know they didn't see me reaching out my hands. It was a good visual, though. Um, uh, You know, so, but... Is is that you know, there's no peace, there's no joy, and there's really you know, God is calling us into a further experience with him, a further joy with him. Man, he's got so many what what is it says, um, discipline yourself toward godliness which has promise in this life and in the life to come. And I think that's really important is Paul said I beat my body and bring it in subjection, lest when I preach to others on myself might be disqualified. And just so many things that we need to and it's not here's the here's the big the big thing as a minister of god you yourself know that people look at you like you're the super christian the is yeah. on your chest and that's not what we're called because you're superman and you're supposed to do all that stuff because that's your calling no no, you're just another man, and I'm just another man like the rest of us, and the calling is to follow Christ no matter where you're at, not if you're just the pastor or the elder. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think most all of us would have probably felt and lived pretty comfortably within the church at Laodicea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, neither hot nor cold. We we like the things of the world, and we, we like some things of Christ, too, so we're just going to kind of live in between both but then that's also where we get some of the most graphic imagery of how god feels mm. I, I wish that you were hot yes. or i wish that you were cold i wish that you would make up your mind but this lukewarm stuff that's in the middle i spew you i spit you out of my mouth yes that's, i mean that's just but that's where most believers are most comfortable myself included
1: oh absolutely Myself included. i, I do. You know, I'm no casting any stones without yeah. casting first to myself. You just finished the book Leviticus and Exodus, you know, so you have all these laws, standards, guides, there's 613 of them in there. And, you know, I think that when we look at those things, there was the standard that you as a Jew were going to be completely and wrapped up in god's plan and what he had going on every day you everything cost you something you know you bring if you didn't if it didn't cost you something you're gonna die you know i mean it's like you know um you know you couldn't even do sacrifices or things like that without you know having god in mind just your clothing that you had to wear the way you wore your hair um the you know all that was involved so every day was a cost involved but Jesus came, and I love this statement, when he appeared to the women at the well, and he said to her, she said, man, you Jews say this, and we say this, and, and Jesus said, the hour is coming, and now is, well, neither in Jerusalem nor here will you worship the Father, because the Father, you need to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's what he's looking for. It's not about all those costs. It's not about that. It's so much more. Yeah. Because, and that's what he did. You've heard that it was said uh, that he said, you, yeah. he, and he was, man, he went beyond the law. Because the problem with our laws is when we get in there, when we start doing a cost like that kind of stuff, we get into, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I do do this. I don't do that. That's not what Jesus, he said, man, you've heard that it's because the, the Pharisees had that down. Yeah. They didn't commit adultery physically, but they had long eyes. Yeah. They, they didn't, they, they wanted the people's respect they wanted this he was exposing their covetous heart over and over again I think that's what it is is when we're there and we're looking at cost Crisising it cost everything. Right there in the map, right? He says in Matthew chapter five, verses three through nine. And then as it begins to really dwell, delve in there like it cost you more than you could possibly imagine to follow me and to say that I'm your Lord and it's impossible. Well what's impossible with man is possible
0: with God. Without me it's impossible with God all things. Amen. Amen. Amen guys, thank you all so much for joining us today Mm -hmm. on the spot. Uh, We hope that you have been encouraged. We hope that you've been challenged. I know that this conversation Mm -hmm. is challenging my heart about the cost that each one of us has to pay in order to truly follow Christ. Uh, We ask that uh, if you haven't already, uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Tell some of your friends. Uh, about us if you think that they would enjoy this and that uh, they could um, be encouraged by this as well uh, having said that devon will you pray for us Absolutely. as we wrap up
1: lord when we think about uh the cost that you paid you gave your only son jesus you suffered and died lord not for good people but for us who defied your name who rebelled against your commands who hurt other people lord that when we were still sinners you died for us you paid the price for us you went at the cost of your own life lord help us to lord just to get rid of all those things that would tie us down and would entangle us lord and to count the cost of following you and to pay that cost not just once lord but every day like Paul said, I die daily, and that would be the call of our hearts, that we would die to ourselves and live to you, because that's what you're worth, everything that we could ever give, and so much more, and thank you for all the blessings that you've laid up. Lord, we, we treasure you. We treasure your blessings. We treasure your pleasure in our lives, and Lord, I just pray that that would be what motivates us, is to glorify and honor you, in Jesus' name, amen.